College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about college football. Week four, you know, I keep saying it, it sounds like a, a broken record, but week four, if you needed another example, why the regular season, actually week four and week five on paper, if you need another example of why college football during the regular season is the best in team sports, we got another one. I mean, did we have the major upsets, you know, in week four? Of course we did. We we most definitely did. We almost had more. I mean, we saw Oklahoma go down to Kansas State. I guess really if you follow it, it's not a complete shocker. USC almost went down. Same with uh, Clemson and Michigan. Um, I mean, it was a wild, wild weekend. Um the Texas A&M Arkansas had plenty of drama. Tennessee Florida was a really fun game to watch. Uh, that Oregon Washington State those twenty some points in the last three minutes was ridiculous. Baylor Iowa State was a solid competitive game. Another upset, two major upsets to close. Miami on their first three drives turned it over. One of them was a pick six in Texas Tech uh, by a field goal. Beat Texas in overtime, thirty-seven to thirty-four. And there was more than just that. We were just talking about the Missouri Auburn game and how that closed. I mean, just crazy, crazy games all over the college football landscape that we'll get into. And like I said, I'm not kidding about this next week on paper. Um, not just the rank versus rank Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Florida State, Wake Forest, uh, NC State, Clemson. Not just those games, you know. Um, usually Michigan, even though Iowa, you know, their defense or their offense sucks, usually Michigan has a little problems in Iowa. Washington, UCLA, um, on Friday, both 4 and 0. I mean, there is a variety of interesting games. On the docket. I can't wait to uh, take these in. But before we get to all that, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropeadope if you don't want to. Download the show directly there. Or listen to the browser. You can find this College Ball Show under the Ropeadope Radio podcast um, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Amazon Music, and a bunch of other places, too. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're happy, not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. The prices start as a, for a limited time as low as $49.99 for two months. And if you choose the choice in ultimate packages, that gives you three months, $160 savings to have Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Cinemax in Epics. Uh, that's Direct TV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall, and see how he's doing on this fine fall day. Man, what a week of college football and it's kind of like, you know, I do a weekly boxing show, and I love coming off like a crazy weekend, and then we got a big fight coming up. And that's kind of what it feels like in the transition from week four to week five, Marshall. Yeah, we had another really solid week. Um, 
I wouldn't say it's the best week of the year, but we're, we've been spoiled because I would say we've already had a better week. And this past Saturday, though, it was great football, lots of upsets, lots of crazy plays, and lots of just simply competitive matchups. And if you were gambling, you had some some bad beats or some games that maybe made you jump off your couch and celebrate, depending on which side of the the coin you were on. Um, yeah, it, it it was a very fun weekend. Um. Uh, not to mention, I did promise a uh, uh, recap, and just so you know, the, the Crafty Craft Pick of the Week had a, a nice, nice win. The New Mexico State boys whooped up on Hawaii with a 45-26 recap. Jerry Kill gets the first one of the year in New Mexico State, and the boys are now 3-1 and one on the year with the Crafty Craft Pick of the Week. So I, I promised a review. We got one. 45-26, New Mexico State at that uh, expensive Aggie Memorial Stadium got a dub, Chris. But um, aside from that, um, for games that were ranked and probably more watched on television, um, you're right, a lot of teams got tested. Um, I was hoping for Wake Forest to finally get the monkey off their back and beat Dabu. They they came close. They came super close. They almost they, they were a, a couple of defensive um, stops away from winning that game a, a, a few different times. And as I, I'm kicking myself, Chris, because I said it on the show, and it's been a theme for the past about nine or ten years, that Oklahoma has trouble when they play K-State. For whatever rhyme or reason, Oklahoma normally is a national contender for a team to win a title, give or take, every year, every other year. But K-State, no matter who's coaching them, it seems like, man, K-State, Chris, causes Oklahoma issues. And Venables, speaking of Clemson, the dad was former defensive assistant or defense coordinator, went to Oklahoma, was 3-0, and and they got, they got down early. And K-State, again, as usual, walked into Norman as a 14-point dog, which was about a plus 400 to 500 money line, depending on your site. And my dumb self didn't do it, but... Hey, props to K-State for pulling off another Norman upset again, Chris. And, hey, I'll give Clemson credit. Their offense scored 51 points, and their offense has really been a, a kind of a, a laughing stock with Ugalele at quarterback. Um, he, he, he probably exceeded expectations for those who backed the orange and white as well. Yeah, it's a, he, he looked like he did in that Notre Dame game two years ago. Um, but without that same talent, and by the way, wide receiver talent, they just don't have it uh, like they did the last decade or so. They really don't. You can really see it. It's not just this game. But um, other, both secondaries had uh, key players out, and you can kind of tell there because the, the wide receivers look you know better than they have anyway. But back to K-State, I, you know, and it comes off a, a loss before it, too, just like uh, I think last year or the year before, where you're like, ah, uh, you know, just whatever. You're thinking, ah, they just lost. They're probably not going to do it. And then they just they just find a way to do this. In fact, uh, they became the only team to win in Norman in consecutive trips since 2000. Uh, now they've done it twice, 2012 and 14, and 2020 and 2022. They're six and five at Oklahoma over the last thirty seasons. It's the best record of any team during that span, and it's like, so why didn't I bet that again? I mean, shit, even putting I, I know. twenty dollars on it, it would have done something. You know, it's just 
I know. I don't know, dude. Or take the points. I didn't even take the points. I, I'll fully admit it. I just looked at it, kept looking at it. And I'm like, man, it's it's not gonna happen. It's it's not gonna happen. It's funny. Um, uh, the what's the coach's name? Chris uh, Kleinman. 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 He's three and zero against ranked Oklahoma, and or zero and four against non-ranked Oklahoma teams. You know, so if anyone else in the AP, <laughs> nah, I can't do it. But we got a three and one record um, on Oklahoma, and you know, for the for the new head coach, uh, I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, the defense isn't like he's going to solve the defense in year one, and they're going to be a top ten defense." You know, it's like let's just let's just take a couple deep breaths. This happened to a pretty damn good coach, uh, as we see right here. It, it, it's not a it's not anything crazy or out of the blue that happens between this matchup. Uh, but it, it, it is crazy. It really is crazy. And kind of moving to Clemson, um, I mean, that quarterback, DJ goes for 423 and five tutties. Hartman goes for 347 and six touchdowns. I think he tied the ACC single game record. Um, that was crazy. That, I mean, that was that. And actually, I remember Brett Murph, McMurphy, who's a good follow on Twitter. Wake Forest tied Clemson at 35 with 11 minutes remaining. This is the most points Wake has scored versus Clemson in 19 years uh, since scoring 45 in 2003. I mean, that that was crazy, man. That was nuts. Just nuts. I, I, I just – but when you look at Wake Forest uh, against top 10 teams now, uh, it's there's 60 – third straight uh, loss against top 10 opponents. It's the longest streak by any AP poll era since, of course, that started in 1936, the polls. Um, And I think the next, well, hold on. Oh, consecutive win leading at halftime. My fault. Clemson narrowly survives Wake Forest. It marks the 63rd consecutive win when leading at halftime. This is Clemson. The next uh, longest active streak is Texas A&M. Um, but yeah, that Wake Forest thing does hold up, uh, as far as, you know, just losing to them. And it's, it, it's just rough, dude. It, it, it is rough. Uh, you know, Wake Forest definitely belonged there, no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, they have the longest streak out of any power five, longest drought since 1946. They haven't beat the AP top 10, 1946 and Duke is 89. Virginia's 2005, I think that was my Hurricanes. Uh, Tennessee, um, I think was 06, Colorado 07, Rutgers 07. Um, but, you know, I mean, still, though, like, you don't see Wake being a great program, you know, per se, because, you know, it, they're just not, per, you know, kind of. But I, still, I got to give them a lot of credit, man. They fought hard in that, and they're not known. Last year they were really not known for defense. Coming into it, Liberty's a rising program, no doubt about it. They they just snuck by 37-36 in that game. Um, at times I thought, oh, man, they're, they're doing something here, their defense. And, and it, both sides were getting pressure on the quarterbacks and all that. But um, Clemson pulled it off. And like you said, offense has been their issues, no doubt about it. And, you know, you got to give credit uh, to Clemson for getting this done. It wasn't easy, that's for sure. Uh, it was on the road, too. Yeah, it was on the road, right? Yeah, it was on the road. Yeah. Um, yep. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, they really needed that, that type of big win, especially when it's not just, like you said, the defense saving the day all the time. Yeah, and speaking of other, I mean, it, it, this really was a great week. Um, other close top ten games, um, hell, seven, nine, well, seven, eight, and ten were all close. I mean, the USC game, they were that that game was neck and neck. They 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 got stuck going to Corvallis, which we talked about on the podcast, and said when USC travels there, they have issues. When Pete Carroll was there in his heyday, when he took a ranked team there, they were one and three. Like and no no points for it, just losing. So I had a feeling it'd be tough. Um, there was a couple of um, kind of wasted possessions by Caleb Williams. I didn't think he played that good of a game. I mean, he was sixteen of sixteen for thirty six for a buck eighty. Yeah, it's his worst uh, uh, QBR or whatever ever. Yeah. Now to give Oregon State credit, that defense was legit. Like that defense played hard, and that stadium, even though it was like half full, because I think they're doing construction on one half, it, it, it yeah. was quite an environment. But that is. Uh, USC's bugaboo, like they 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 struggle to go there, but they were able to get a win. Um, and I know this streak will probably end at some point, Chris. But USC is now either um, plus twelve or plus thirteen on the turnover margin, and they've yet to have a turnover. So if you're plus twelve and higher on the year for turnovers because your defense has forced them and your offense not giving the ball up, that's probably why you're four and zero. I mean, that, that's not the only reason, but. They continue to win games, and when when you don't make turnovers, it is amazing how just good things can happen. So you went to your house of horrors, you got it done. As they say, fight on. Like it wasn't pretty, but um, they were able to get a couple of touchdowns. The, the USC scored three points in the first three quarters of that game. Um, that wasn't you know expected, but hey, you got the job done. I was very happy. Um, I Kentucky, go ahead. I couldn't believe that. That was the final score, though, on both sides. I mean, both teams came in that they could put some points up. We know, obviously, USC can, but same with Oregon State. They've been putting points up, too. I would have never guessed that 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 overall, you know, total would have been 17 to 14. And just to go a little further in, when you look at uh, Oregon State, you know, at 7-3, they had an interception that led to a touchdown. They had a not really nice drive that went over five minutes, almost six minutes, missed a field goal, got a three and out, came back, and had an interception when they really couldn't have an interception. You know, it was a really poorly timed interception. And then obviously down the stretch as well, they had another uh, turnover. It was just uh, – I'll say this, though. You know um, – I did like, you know, both of us like that. Uh, I did get it at six and a half. Um, but in the same breath, I saw what was going on in Arkansas, Texas, A&M at half, and I was working the patio, so I got off work early because uh, it was raining. So I actually got to see a good chunk of the night game in primetime, not having to watch it later on DVR and yesterday on DVR as much as I normally do. And uh, when I saw Arkansas only up 14 to 13, but as we know, they had that long fumble return that right at the goal line. If KJ doesn't reach it out, you know, they could probably live to see another day there. I thought, all right, dude, I got it at uh, minus one and a half Arkansas. I was like, yep, I feel good. I feel good. I, I, I wish so bad that I just would have originally taken that minus 2.5. 
when you end 23-21, man, that was rough. That was really rough. And once again, I thought actually Arkansas's defense played a lot better than I thought. Now they're going against, you know, not uh, a juggernaut. And Max Johnson will make a couple more plays than the last guy, but he's not that good either. I think he threw for 100 yards passing. Um, I mean, it really came down to that one play. And then even Arkansas having a low snap that screwed that up when they got close within field goal range or to – or to put it in the end zone, and then obviously to to bank it off. <laughs> How many times do you see it hit the top of the freaking field goal and jump up, and they come back? I was like, oh my gosh, that is just they missed two field goals down the stretch. That was freaking wild. Maybe you want to talk a little bit that Arkansas A and M game, but I I heard you getting into Florida Tennessee, which that eleven points did hold. I had to get much like I had to get that Oregon State last night at eleven. I had to get that Florida at 11, and it was slippery and slidey and all over the place in the game. It looked like Tennessee was going to completely run away all of a sudden, but they ended up getting it close enough. Yeah, yeah, man, well, I mean, you hit the main points. Um, I thought Arkansas was probably the better team that game, Um, but A&M's defense, again, carried them for a victory. Um, And, I mean, if K.J. Jefferson doesn't leap early, too early, that game is 21 to 7. Um, but that leap early essentially spun the game around to make it a, a one point game. And just watching it live, I was like, what is he doing? Like he's, he's one of the most athletic, talented quarterbacks in the country. But it's like he, he, he went for like a goal line leap, but he left from, he left his feet from like the three yard line. Yeah, it's maybe like, even dude, like from the five, dude. You know, it was yeah, way it's, back. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's people <laughs> there, and he he's so good with the ball too. Doing that, it's like he had a brain cramp, or maybe you lost track of where you were. Maybe thought you could jump over. Nonetheless, and then and then in fairness, like the A and M players made a very heads up play, and you you would see this get botched. Sometimes people fall down early. Sometimes they fumble it back. But the A and M player who recovered the fumble. Yeah, um, was about to get tackled on about probably the Arkansas 25, so it would have been like a nice 20-yard recovery. But one of his boys behind him literally saw it happening and like literally tugged the ball from him away. Yeah. And it was on that Ed Reed against Boston College uh, play where he just like, oh, excuse yeah. me, I'm going to go score a touchdown. So you go from being three – well, literally, after when the ball was stripped, you go from two yards away from a touchdown – yeah. To a 98-yard strip, and and that literally took momentum away because um, after that play occurred, Arkansas only had like 18 yards of offense in the span of that fumble to the fourth quarter yeah. where they got rolling again. Right. So they're they're was offense it 23 straight like, points they gave up or something like that after that. Yeah, and Ugh. their offense kind of went on like mute, like they had nothing. And then in the fourth quarter, they got the mojo back. They scored a touchdown. Like you said, I thought one of the other plays of the game was the awful. Um, the snap, uh, yeah. uh, Arkansas was, they were moving. They had momentum then they they were. And it was a, it was a piss poor snap that kind of was those ones where it kind of split the running back and the quarterback's legs. Yeah. You're like, were you trying to do the wildcat or what what was going on there? That was weird. Uh, Yeah. And again, then you said for another bad luck play, they had the ball and I've personally, I've never seen it. I've, I've seen a ball hit the goalpost, but I've never seen it hit the top of the goalpost. Yeah, and bounce up. That, exactly. That Go was straight up for a second too. That was weird. And that could have gone, that could have gone either way. I but know. Unfortunately, I mean, and dude, and if you're Arkansas 
and obviously I'm a little I'm pro, I'm more pro Arkansas than I am the Aggies for no reason I don't but um now you go you host Bama which is more likely a loss then you go to play the Mike Leach and then you go to BYU then you go well going to Auburn maybe isn't as bad as you yeah yeah but <laughs> it it would have been nice for the swag and the record to stay undefeated because you know, you played a good game but uh, you did make yeah. a couple of crucial mistakes now you got Bama as a 17 point dog and. Man, if Arkansas beats them, I don't. I don't think they will. But that's a tough one if you're Arkansas. Um, but you know that that's college football. A couple of crazy things happen, and you're you're going to have some games as a fan where you pull your hair out, and some games where you're you're pouring yourself a new a new beer. So, um, and just to go over a few more quickly, um, even though it wasn't like a high profile game, uh, Kentucky, who's had a, a couple of tough opponents this year, they they went sleepwalking a little bit, and Northern Illinois, who got beat up by Vandy last week. They only beat Northern Illinois by uh, 31-23. So um, it wasn't a sexy game, but you won You won the game. And now you're ranked eighth in the nation. Or you were, I mean, the, 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 when's the last time, you know, you saw Kentucky with a single-digit number next to them? That's normally, you know, in, in relation to Calipari. Uh, but for the other SEC matchup, which was, again, a uh, more high-profile expected game, was that you said Tennessee-Florida. Hey, Tennessee, again, my good friend down here, she's a huge fan, and she normally just tells me to bleep off because whenever I mention the Vols, you know, it's like too good to be true. Uh, so far, this has to be one of the best years Tennessee's had for starts of the season in a super, maybe since Lane Kiffin's been there, one could say. Um, Tennessee gets the job done against Florida. Um, as my co-host said, if you bet Tennessee, man, you were sitting in the driver's seat for almost the whole game, uh, depending, depending on the spread you got. Um it was ranging between 10 to 11 most of the week. Um, and Tennessee was up a lot of that second half by 11 points. So you're thinking, okay, maybe we'll just push and cover. Um, Florida well, scores. Well, it's good right away because Florida was there to play, you know. But then yeah, yeah, well, yeah, for, yeah. If you had money on Florida, you were sitting good. If you had Tennessee kind of yeah. midway through the second, third quarter, then, okay, we're covering, we're good. But as we know, um, when teams have leads, they do this thing called prevent defense in NFL or college football, and it makes people, you know, swear at TVs because you, well, your your defense plays good, then you go into a soft little shell, and then they don't. And Tennessee gave up a touchdown um, with about 22 seconds to go. Florida then recovered an onside kick. Their hell Mary got picked, but um, hey, if again, if you're Tennessee, Chris, what the hell, like? This school has been a laughing stock for the past probably 10, 12 years. You've consistently seemed like you get a new coach every two to three years. Maybe they now have a, a deal with uh, Hooker as the quarterback and Heifel as the coach. Um, you know, people are saying preseason might give Georgia a run for their money. I don't think they've played enough to go up to that reputation yet. But if you're Tennessee, you're off to a good start this year, about as good as you've been in a super long time. Yeah, no doubt about it. In fact, it's their first win over Florida and first 4-0 start since 2016. Is that the year old boy was there, or, or what was that? We might as well get that out of the way, too, So I know you're going to mention some shit like that. Um, but Hooker, 349, two tutties through the air, and then, oh, by the way, I'll add a buck 12 and a tutty on the ground, and that juke that he made in, in the open field there, to, to continue a, a long run was ridiculous. Now, the last two um, games, last two weeks, we've been down on Richardson ever since that first game. But this was not his fault. 
<laughs> That's for sure. No. 453 <laughs> through the air. Um, and, and four tutties, two rushing. He was, he, he played his ass off too. Uh, that was just a well played game, fun game. And, you know, at the end they had to, uh, you know, they had to make it, they had to make it interesting and, 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 you know, save, save the money line. Cause that 11 just, it was too good to be true, man. And even though it worked out the way it worked out, uh, I'll take it to the bank every time. Speaking of crazy stuff, that Oregon Washington state, another spread that you're looking at going, hmm, is that going to happen? It, does that, is that happening? Um, just crazy, dude. I mean, they're up, what was it, 34 to 22 after a touchdown in the fourth quarter. With six minutes to play, they're up by 12. Um, and then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> um, it, it just, it was wild, dude. That, you don't really see that much. Obviously, getting that uh, touchdown at the last second did help because they were up by 10, I suppose. Um, but what a, I mean, four, what was it? Do, 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 28 points in the fourth quarter for Oregon, and they held on to get the dub. And, and Nick's, you know, Nixon in the SEC West uh, on the road is one thing, but Nick's in the Pac 12, man almighty. I mean, he went off. He had 428 through the air, three touchdowns, had another 30 on the ground. Um, big win because they needed to keep that mojo going that they, you know, have built up after just getting, you know, blown off the field uh, by a Georgia squad that actually kind of didn't look all that great uh, themselves. Yeah, they had a little sleepwalking medicine too, um, you know, but that does happen. You know, obviously normally Kentucky probably cut a little closer they wanted to, but you will – and you'll find other times, besides pretty much Bama, who seems to always – cover a first half bet against a scrub team then like make it a, a scoreless, scoreless second half you will see games where a top-notch team doesn't cover and they they kind of just take overlook an opponent or maybe they don't put in their best effort whatever reason but yes um again you the pac-12 chris is off to a better start um oregon usc and utah are all looking okay like and uh, all those teams oregon state's looking pretty good too Oregon, yeah, and even Washington State. I mean, give them, you know, well, shit, Washington. You want to talk yeah. about a program that that's you know, actually hired a the great wrong, example, yeah. That hired the wrong coach and Jimmy Lake, and then all of a sudden they got a new guy coming in. They get Penix from at the former quarterback from Indiana. Now they're playing good ball again. So the Pac-12 is at least in the talks of having a team potentially make the playoffs this year. That chat has not been going on for quite a while. As the kids would say, it's been a minute. Like it's, it's, you know, it's encouraging. So yeah, if you're Oregon, um, that's a good win. Washington state. I mean, they, they, they beat Wisconsin. They had Wisconsin. Yeah. And they had a bye week, which obviously is beautiful. Let's the guys regroup, get healthy. You put together a hell of a game plan and you did not expect Bo Nix to go into Superman mode and score 29 points in the fourth quarter. But again, if you're a Washington state backer and you, you, your, your, uh, your bet got covered, you had to be pretty happy. So <laughs> your team didn't win, but your your, your pocketbook did. Um, and again, we we, we got to keep moving here because we do have a great week to preview. Uh, so I will say, my boy Lane Kiffin got a win. Um, oh, they didn't score. They didn't score in the second half. But hey, Ole Miss won. Um, I, well, they got a thirty-five twenty-seven over Tulsa. Let's get it out there. 
but the, the, the only thing I'll say is that Kiffin brought in like 23, like new recruits to the team. And I think they're still trying to mold that team together. Last year, Matt Corral. This is really early in the show to get the violin out already. It, it, well, it, it, it does happen. It does happen. Um, <laughs> no, you're Taylor, right. They did have a lot of uh, turnover. Yeah, they, a lot of turnover. It, it's showing, but hey, you find a way to win. That's really all that matters at the end of the day for now. Um, Baylor, uh, walked into Iowa State and they left Iowa State happy. A 31 to 24 win. Um, if you're Baylor, after you had that weird, goofy, tough loss to BYU, mm-hmm. um, you went into Iowa State, which is a, a school that you know, always puts up a good fight, but they, they got the job done. That's really all that matters. And they covered. Staying, yep. You're staying right in the thick of it for the Big 12. And, oh, I, 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 this one makes me smile. Um, if, if your, if your hands are up or hands are down, depends, but I'm, I'm a horns down kind of guy. Um, Texas Tech Red Raiders, 37, the Texas Austin University football team, 34, uh, Texas falls to two and two on the season. Texas Tech stormed the field. Uh, and I will say, I think it was one of the, I, I, but it was I thought a crazy Texas thing. was back. I'm confused now. Uh, well, uh, well, people said they're back after losing to Bama, but I, I, I guess they're not quite back yet. Hmm, unfortunate. Um, it was one of the rare times where Texas Tech has ever come from behind. They were trailing by 10 points at half and came back to win the game. Now, if you were a Texas Tech fan, you had a great third quarter, a great fourth quarter, but you, all, you literally almost blew that game. So just to recap here, Texas Tech had a great drive. They moved down the field. They get the lead. They're up three. Um, and there was 21 seconds left in the game. You're up, you're up three, 21 seconds to go. Texas has no timeouts. You cannot afford to let them march down the field. And they did. The second play of Texas's drive, they, the Texas Tech secondary allowed like a 35 yard pass. Um, which is mind blowing, just hideous defense. So Texas moves down the field, they kick a field goal, they go into OT. Um, Texas has the ball first. They're very reliable, um, running back Robinson, who is one of the probably top five running backs in the country. Oh, yeah, John Robinson, sure. who, who never fumbles. Uh, shit, he averages six yards a carry this year. That's ridiculous. Um, he does fumble. Uh, he kind of got spun around and a, I believe a DB stuck his shoulder pads right into the perfect spot. Ball pops out. Um, and then Chris, oddly enough, Texas Tech tried to like literally march down the field and score a touchdown. Normally in college football, if you have turned the ball over and you can kick a field goal to win, you will. They kicked the field goal to win three to zero, but they, it was like third and goal from the two and they're out there running plays and the quarterback slipped and fell. Um, I didn't quite get the reasoning for that. Um, I, I know that obviously maybe you wanted to punch it in for a touchdown to get it Texas, but um, I, I thought the coach was kind of playing the fire there because, you know, it was just strange. But nonetheless, uh, they do kick a field goal from the uh, from the literally the edge of the end zone, which Missouri did at F up and miss, but Texas Tech did it. The Red Raiders take down the Longhorns. Texas is not back yet, my friend. Um, but man, what, what a, what a fun game, Texas Tech. And to, not that they're obviously a title contender, but this is a school who has been averaging about four to five wins a year since Kingsbury left. You're three and one now. You've, you've played a tough schedule so far. So a little reason for optimism and their season's off to a better start than people probably expected. Yeah. I mean, they were only averaging like seven or eight anyway when he was there. But anyway, um, uh, Middle Tennessee shocks Miami 
And like I said, I think it was three or four straight drives with a turnover, um, a pick six, um, a turnover at the goal line, which led to a bomb touchdown. I mean, it was about the most ridiculous game you could have. And Tyler Van Dyke, a guy that a lot of people were pumped up about for obvious reasons based off of last year, is in a new system. He ended up getting benched uh, in the game. He's in a new system, and I'm not sure. Well, I think we just through what we know right now, I don't think this system is a good fit for him. I really don't. Um, so don't be sh- if they don't get it together here soon. Don't be shocked. They got they got some backups that are solid right around his age too, and that have played. Um, but don't be shocked if he's in the transfer portal at some point. Um, if this stays like it is right now, just a heads up. Um, other games real quick. Kansas kept it going. They didn't Jesus. get ranked, but they kept it going 35 to 27. So kudos to them. Notre Dame said, hold on, dude. Hold on. I, nope. We're not. I, I actually, I, uh, it's another one where I looked at that two, two and a half, one and a half. I was like, Notre Dame, remember last week I said, Notre Dame is going to win. I can't tell you why. But they're going to win. Um, and just because a lot of it is just North Carolina's defense, you know, or lack thereof. So bad. I mean, it's bad. So I figured they – but the, the, the thing that scared me, I picked them, right, for predictions. But when I went to go bet on them, I went and looked at the injury report. And my goodness, right? Like it was like 11 people on it and like seven of them seemed pretty valuable. And obviously the quarterback – is mediocre right now. He's a young guy. He was, you know, it was just like, ah, and I, I stayed away from it, I have to admit. Um, so I am a little bummed there, but the, but Notre Dame definitely needed that. They're, they're getting it, you know, they're getting on the good foot, let's put it that way. They, they, they grind it out, that wind, and uh, let's see where they end up because, you know, as we know, they were, uh, they were in some uh, rough sledding here early in the season. Um, and my gophers got the dub and you know, it's funny. I put that, I think it was three. Was it three? I think last, uh, it, it closed at three, but it did, yeah. it did open at three. Right. And I, um, I actually, uh, I went money line first. Right. And then I was like, man, should I protect myself and get that three, you know, that plus three. And I'm like, and then I, I looked a little bit more in the injury report. Cause that's the thing on Mondays. There's so much unknown on Mondays, you know what I mean? And and all of a sudden I heard, uh, because there were supposed to be a variety of guys back for Michigan State, and the stud D tackle was not coming back. And I already knew that some of the secondary wouldn't be back, and, and the, the guys starting aren't all that good, right? We know that they've struggled uh, secondary-wise. And once I heard that the D tackle wasn't there, I was like, oh, dude, if they, you know, if they can't stop the run, then they're really going to have issues. Uh, and they contained it a little bit early, but it was also because they said, screw it. The Gophers were like, and I just, and also that number one receiver is out for the season for the Gophers. So I was just, I was hesitant just like in that game, but I ended up uh, putting a little money on the Gophers. So it kind of evened it out. I think it was, I made five bucks or something like that, but just to kind of back my bet, you know, by the time we sure. got to the game, I felt pretty confident they were going to do it. But uh, they just went in there, and, and you know how Oregon got up on them, or Washington, excuse me, got up on them, 
kind of let them back in the game minorly uh, because of the final score. Um, but that wasn't the case. The Gophers got up early and just kept going and going. And, and Mo, man, Mo Ibrahim is just a stud. He now moves in first place uh, for rushing TDs. I mean, this guy, the after, you know, the yards after the first contact is just ridiculous with him. Uh, so that was a nice win by the Gophers. They're, uh, they're now ranked. Um, and, uh, be kind of interesting because they got a Purdue team that I look at the spread and go, huh, I wonder what's going to happen here. Any other things though? Cause like you said, we do have a lot to cover for week five. Oh man. Um, oh, that, well, I mean, TC, well, TCU SMU was a great fun game to watch, but I mean, we've had a lot of great fun games to watch this week. Um, App State, man, if you're an App State fan, your your season has literally just been chaos. You were up <laughs> 28-3 in the game. You go up to the locker room up 28-10, and then James Madison beats you in the second half 22-0. So if you're App State, you've had – you lose to North Carolina 63-61. to You beat Jimbo in, in, in Aggieland. You went on a Hail Mary – that of a, of a seven yard short of the goal line pass, and then you blow a twenty three lead and lose to James Madison. It's like that has to be one of the craziest four game stretches a, a college team could possibly have, my friend. I, I don't know how to summarize it. The App State is just nuts. Um, yeah, but it really but is. Besides their their craziness, I think we we hit on it pretty well. And hey, what do you know? Speaking of the Pac twelve, Utah. Okay, they won it. They beat. Arizona State, which probably was to be expected because they're going through a new coach now, and Herm Edwards left, and that's a hot mess. But, hey, they're already back up to 13, Chris. So the Pac-12, for once, is not a, a laughing stock. you got about four teams who are top 20 or higher, and they're, 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 they're sneaking their way up there. They might actually be able to be a school that's mentioned in the uh, talks for the playoff show, which, again, we've not talked about that for a long time, my friend. Yeah, it's too bad it's going to get broken up to the Big 12 and Big 10. But anyway, um, let's start with it, man. You're right, though. That is very true. Um, And, you know, for the college ball show, the basketball portion, because we go college ball all the way to, you know, mid-January or, like, early January after the national championship, then we go to college basketball. And the Pac-12 has made a nice resurgence that way as well, uh, if we want to. UCLA has. (laughs) I mean, USC. Has gotten True. to they got to the Sweet Sixteen. I mean that's that's pretty good. You're right. You're right. Um, I mean, compare comparatively where they where the Pac-12 was there for a while. It was like, I yeah, maybe Oregon or Washington will do something in the tournament, get to the Sweet Sixteen. But overall, uh, you know, not so much. All True. right, let's get right to it. We're gonna go down the stretch. We're gonna go rank versus ranked. Then we'll get into these other layers uh, of stuff for Week Five. Number seven, Kentucky, against number 14, Old Miss. Old Miss is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 55-and-a-half uh, over-under, and that kind of lends itself to, um, you know, the Kentucky defense. They definitely believe in the Kentucky defense right there because pretty much all Old Miss games are 60 and over, aren't they? I mean, uh, for the most part anyway. Um, what says you about this? Uh, because right now, Old Miss is running the ball like freaking gangbusters. Now, they haven't really played anyone per se. I think Troy is a good 
uh, non-Power 5 program, you know, it's it's pretty good. Um, but overall, they really haven't, you know, obviously been challenged like having to go on the road at Florida or something like that. Uh, what says you about this? Because that might be the key is just that ball control for Ole Miss. Yeah, I man, I. I'm not sure. Like you said, they've not played a great team yet. They have taken care of business. Um, oddly enough, from a point spread perspective, um, Old Miss actually is on a – they've been on a crazy underrun for like the last two years because I think Vegas kind of had that notion of giving them a high spread because of Kiffin's offense. Yeah, for the sure. past two seasons, if you've bet Lane's team to go under in the games, it's, it's hit a ton. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, with that being said, Kentucky, they've they've played Florida. Uh, they've had a more difficult schedule. Um, they did not. They did not lose a quarterback last year. I, I feel like they've just done more this season that you can see. Um, and again, Lane, uh, Kiffin and the boys they they turned over a ton of players. They had a quarterback who was like you know a top five, top six Heisman candidate last year, and they lost a lot of stud defensive players. They even had a couple guys go pro. So. Just from a, an honest perspective, aside from the fact that I love Kiffin, this this Kentucky team just seems better on paper, Chris. What what have we seen from this new old Miss team besides running the ball like some banshees, you know? Right. But th- that could show that are good. I mean, their their ranking is there, but we've had this chat about many other teams. Like a couple weeks ago, we talked about well, well, why is Sparty ranked? Okay, well, preseason hype. You go into Washington, you get smoked. The Gophers bolt raced you. You know, all of a sudden now you're like, okay, well, this Sparty team maybe isn't that good. Um, I If I was to bet the game, I would take Kentucky because at least we've seen them and they look a little more of a football team. Um, this is Ole Miss's first challenge. Um, I Obviously, I'm going to pull for them. I hope they win. I, that's a team I support. But what have they done since, you know, Matt Corral played in the Sugar Bowl last year? We don't know. Uh, that Jackson Dart from USC is their quarterback. Hasn't been that great yet. He's, what, 51 of 82, almost 700 yards, five TDs, two picks. I mean, they didn't score last week in the second half. I don't know if they were maybe taking guys out. Well, hell, the only one. I don't, yeah, I, I just, if I bet it, Chris, I would take Kentucky. Um, if Ole Miss wins this game, I'd feel more comfortable in the future moving on to see what the team really has. Yeah, and that's another reason why it's it's such a positive that, you know, the rankings, these aren't the rankings. You know, I mean, they're just, they're just not. And that's it's okay. For now. Yep. Yeah, like I get sure. it, you know. And, and and by the way, when you do a top 25, you knock people down, knock them out. Like, you can't keep just – like if someone wins but they look okay um, to knock them down five spots or whatever. Like it's just – I don't know. You, you see this in boxing as far as the a top 10 at a division. And sometimes you're like, well – I know this prospect coming up is going to be the best one out of all of them, but you just can't rank them that high yet because of what they, you know, what they haven't done and vice versa to the other side. So yeah, that six and a half is looking uh, pretty tempting. No doubt about it. Let's go quick here. Alabama at Arkansas, 17 point spread. Are you pretty positive about Bama in that 17 spread or, you know, did we see little, I really, I think, I don't know. There was some, they got pressure. Arkansas's defense was making some plays, linebackers and defensive end, when they needed it a lot of times in that game. But I still can't get over the fact that it was, you know, out of my head. I can't get out of my head that 
they were playing a, a really, you know, mediocre to, to sometimes very crappy offense. So what do you think? You think, uh, 17 points is, uh, Bama's going to pull away and get that done or, or, you know, I mean, they didn't look great against Texas uh, in the last time they were on the road. God, um, I think that Bama does expose the defensive issues that Arkansas has. Um, Arkansas really has had trouble up until really last week of slowing people down. And you would assume, um, you know, this is Bama's biggest game since that Texas one. They they killed someone last week. That didn't really mean probably shit to say. But, uh, but I do think you'll see the typical Bama gets off to a, a big start and a lead. Um, in the first half, like they always do. That's kind of their MO. Um, Arkansas, I think they're just have, they're hampered with too many injuries defensively. I think Bam will expose that. The 17 is, you know, it's a Vegas being Vegas. Uh, but again, if you're going to ever bet Bama games, first half is running the way to go because Saban, just whether it's a good team or a bad team, he gets a big lead and they kind of just run like a, a stall ball offense in the second half. Things kind of calm down. Um, Obviously, KJ Jefferson normally knows how to play uh, his his own little kind of run option offense, but you know Saban's defense is normally pretty damn good. So I I would be nervous such a spread. I think Bama wins. Yeah. But I think that that defense this, that secondary is too beat up, Chris. Yeah, I, I would take Bama or or nothing. And you know, it's funny because if I would have just let the live money go a little bit further into the second half against A and M. I could have got way better than, you know, because once sure. Texas and m started dominating all of a sudden, that shit, I could have got it at, you know, plus whatever. Uh, still, I'm still stuck in the past is what I'm saying. Um, I could see KJ maybe doing something in the, the closing part of the fourth quarter to, to sneak under that 17 points, but that's about mm-hmm. it. I don't, I probably wouldn't touch it either. I, I agree with you there. Um, Oklahoma State against Baylor, number nine against number 16. Oklahoma State comes in uh, with Sanders. They're, they're returning. Uh, I mean, they don't have as, you know, they don't have everyone from their last team, but who does, or from last year, where they had a great year, obviously. Um, I mean, they're putting up 51 points a game. Now, Central Michigan and, you know, a, a shell of themselves, Arizona State, and, you know, it is one of those games where you're like, I don't know who they played, man. I, I really don't. Um, they're throwing the shit out of the ball, 348, you know, through the air. That That's major. Um, they've been just okay at stopping the run at 111. If this was like in the heart of the the Big 12 season and it was a 111, I'd be like, all right, they're pretty decent. They're, they're all right. But um, it's not. You know, it's against teams that should be below them. So, when Baylor, man, that offensive line and those running backs, and now the quarterback actually had a good week, I just think that we know a lot more about Baylor. And Baylor, like you mentioned, they did lose that double overtime game, but the, they had like 15 penalties in that game. And it was all on drives that were really going someplace. And then it'd be like, oh, holding. And the guy's like, and it'd be the tackle or something. You'd be like, dude. You didn't even need to hold on that play, you know. It wouldn't have affected it per se, you know. So um, I actually do like Baylor to protect the house. And that two and a half, I feel pretty comfortable. I'm going to take Baylor here. What says you, sir? 
I'm still having flashbacks last year of Benny Oklahoma State and how Spencer <laughs> Saunders in that Big 12 title game played like absolute, complete trash. And then you had the play at the goal line where you thought the guy was going to get in and he got stuffed. I, I cannot know uh-huh. that 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 defensive game plan they had and again that that game was at the Cowboys Stadium, Jerry World. That was neutral site, okay? Yeah. Um, but that Baylor defense had a great defensive game plan for Saunders, and obviously Oklahoma State's defense was good too. That was just a really kind of poorly played offensive game. But I will take a Baylor team, and they're relatively the same kind of teams last year. I mean, some players have left, but the DNA of the squads is similar. So. Sure. In a defensive battle, I'll take the home team, uh, give them a couple of points, and I just I, I can't erase that uh, first half out of my head of how awful Saunders was. So yeah, I'm taking the Baylor. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm taking Baylor. The Baylor Bears, number Baylor, twenty-two. There we go. <laughs> number twenty-two, Wake, coming off that heartbreaking loss to an undefeated Florida State, who. Uh, I guess you could say really grinded it out opening week. Well, the real opening, not week zero. Um, but LSU, that game that, you know, on that, on that Memorial Day Monday, or no, that was Sunday, the day before, uh, beat Louisville, in, in, you know, after being down, I think 30 or 21 to 14. And, you know, their, their guy, Travis, who really looks the part of, as a pretty damn solid collegiate uh, quarterback. Um, you know, the backup looked good. We talked about that last week. Um, they cruised against BC. BC is uh, struggling right now. Um, this is an interesting one right here. Seven points. First of all, the audience, you know, that listens, hey, you do got to see what's up with Travis. I like their backup, but I think they're going to need Travis to win this game. But seven Are you ready to give – the Seminoles, seven points, who they still have some offensive issues, uh, offensive uh, line issues, not like they did several years ago. Um, what do you think? And then Wake Forest, they're like, hey, they got to be feeling confident because they almost beat Clemson. But then again, sometimes it's that hangover effect where you're like, man, we almost did it a la Texas. What, what, says, what says you on this one? Because, because I'm looking at that Wake Forest – Plus seven right now, 65 and a half. I think that's going to go over. What do you, what do you say here, man? This, this one's a tough one for me. I, I really don't know quite where I'm going to go with this, but I'd like the point spread uh, in favor of Wake Forest. God. Uh, Jesus. Um, I, God. Wake, Both Wake and Clemson have interesting matchups because the next one is number five against number ten NC State, and they're up by they're favored by seven at home. Uh, Wake's quarterback is really good, and I think he's going to put up points on the Florida State defense because this Florida State defense is not elite. Um, so God, I would Jesus. Uh, I, I would I would take I would take Wake Forest plus the seven. Yeah, you, you got Hartman. You have the, you have the better quarterback. Um, defensively, yeah, it's maybe Florida State has a little bit of an edge. Um, both have had, you know, some competitive games this year. Um, Florida State's probably lucky to have a 4-0 with the way that LSU game winner. Maybe they, you know, who knows, whatever. But um, I, I would take the better quarterback with the seven points. I, I don't think that, yeah, Florida, Wake Forest plus seven. There you go. And then NC State 4-0, number 10 against Clemson 4-0. 
Um, you know, the biggest game they had, obviously, and I'm saying they as far as uh, NC State, they did get a home win 27-14 over Texas Tech, which, you know, uh, you know they're, they're pretty good, right? Um, they also just barely got by ECU at the beginning of the year, 21-20. Um, I mean, it's a broken record, but is it's usually a classic case of can you get up? You just had this road win where it was an overtime and this and that. By the way, if they would have just converted on that two-point conversion, I would have got my seven and a half. But that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to dwell on that. Um, but can Clemson come right back and beat a team that is kind of intact from last year? This is supposed to be their best year. They started out kind of rough. They gotten better now. Um, and they got a defense. You know, on paper they got a defense. What says you on this one, man? Clemson's Clemson versus NC State and Clemson's a home uh favorite, seven points. I feel that almost every year on some podcast I listen to or some show on ESPN, um, people build up NC State. Um, I mean, but it's been a long time since probably my favorite quarterback of all time, Philip Rivers, went there. Uh, Russell Wilson isn't there anymore. Um, but for the past five years, six years, Chris, every year NC State gets hype. But uh, much like Wake, they've not been able to kind of take down the, the, the evil older brother in Clemson. So, I mean, until NC I mean, they're, they're a good football program. They're definitely like probably a top 30s program in the country. But until they ever can beat Clemson or like go to an ACC title game, it's just hard for me to ever buy into the hype. Um, this year, they, they beat East Carolina by one. East Carolina's a, a, a decent like subpar team. You beat Texas Tech, who's okay. You, you whooped up on UConn. It's kind of another sim, similar situation to Ole Miss. NC State has hyped this year. They're supposed to be better than normal, but they haven't proven it yet, so now they're going to get um, their chance to be exposed or show how good they are. I think there's. I think we're going to run into a couple of games like that this week where, hey, your record looks good, your stats look good, you yeah. haven't played anyone yet, so now it's time to put up or shut up. And I think uh, Ole Miss, NC State, and some other teams are going to be in that situation. So, until they ever do it, you got to take Clemson. But maybe this is the year, like the past five or six, that NC State's good. It, it's really hard to say, brother. So I would take Clemson until they're proven wrong. Yeah, that makes sense. And seven points is probably solid enough. Now we'll just get into the different layers of matchups here as we close down this show and get to the the three and one crafty crappy. Yes, pick sir. Of the um. Number 15, Washington, on the road at UCLA, at UCLA, Friday night. Um, you know, clearly UCLA really hasn't played anybody. And South Alabama almost beat them. They had to score, I think, two scores. I think they scored like 10 or something like that in the, in the, in the final quarter just to win that game. And that was at home, too. Um, can Washington keep that that good vibes going? Um, and, and, and you know, even like a Kent State, maybe maybe that's a better. It's not a good win, but considering you know Kent State just hung with somebody pretty good, right? So you're like, huh? You know, maybe maybe they actually have 
a couple solid wins here. I mean, Michigan State, when they beat them two weeks ago, was 11, like we said, and they shouldn't have been, 39-28. But it was really, you know, 28-9 at half. I mean, they jumped on them really quick and just kind of lingered and, and got the job done. Does Washington keep the good vibe going? They know they got a, you know, they we know they got a quarterback Penix, but, you know, the, the QB that uh, UCLA, you know, has is pretty good. I mean, this is a uh, – I don't know. This is a big game, and I, I could see a team that's still kind of churning that corner drop one here. But Chip Kelly probably needs this one here soon because I don't know how much more, uh, you know, how much longer it's going to take if he doesn't. He's got to. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's having a good season so far because they're four and zero. But what says you about this matchup? I think it's a pretty interesting. Washington on the road, three and a half. It was four yesterday. Um, I would take Washington. I think that, yeah, the, the new coach, the new quarterback, they've kind of breathed a whole new life in the program again, after the last couple of years, which was a hot mess. Um, and it is kind of hard to look past the fact that UCLA almost got beat by South Alabama. Um, I guess Alabama is an okay team, but again, this is another example, Chris, of a prove me game because UCLA has played Bowling Green, which is a bottom probably 15 team in D1. So that means they're probably anywhere from 115 to 131. Um, Colorado is probably in the ranked in the top 100s. And Alabama State's not even a D1 school. So UCLA stats may look okay, but you've literally beat absolute complete trash. And you're one game against a maybe a top 80th ranked school in South Alabama. I'm just guessing from power rankings, you beat them by one. So I, you got to take a team who has played good football against some much, much better talented teams and shit. UCLA has got Utah on the schedule up next too. So they got, and then Oregon after damn. Wow. They, wow. Okay, Chris, we will know what type of team Utah is coming up or UCLA is going to be in the next month from now. Could you, you host yeah. Washington, host Utah, go to Oregon. All right, well, hey, if, if, if you win two out of those three, I'll give you props. If you lose two out of three, it's probably what to be expected, and that shows the team you are. Yeah, no cut. In South Alabama, hey, we can't dump on them too much because that's their only loss this year in the crappy pick. South Alabama got the they whooped on Central Michigan, dude. <laughs> um, so, ten-and-a-half point spread. Michigan almost got caught looking ahead to this this weird Iowa matchup on the road as a ranked team. Iowa, this is Matt Brown, uh, college football. Iowa enters Saturday against number four Michigan with a five and one record in the past six home games against AP top five teams at the time of the game. The only loss was a walk off Penn State TD in 2019. I remember that. So if you look at it, Penn State 2008 number three. 24-23. Uh, 2010, Michigan State, number five, 37 to six. Uh, 2016, Michigan was number two, 14 to 13. That 21-19 was that walk-off in 2017. That same year, though, remember, the same year, Ohio State walked in there and they got trounced 55 to 24 as the third ranked team. And then last year, Penn State came in. Now, of course, Penn State did come in there without their quarterback, I believe, or did he get hurt in that game? But 23-20 to 20 this week, number four, Michigan. Um, is this just 
a stat that you got to look at it and maybe you say, well, you know, if Iowa can, you know, play great enough defense because they're usually an elite level defense, their offense, their offense is never great per se. But last year after the first couple games until now, it's been really, really bad. But, and it's not a night game there. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we know how that goes too. And they, the thing is, they can't even, they're not running the ball either much, dude. I mean, one other, in the pros, 101 is pretty good, but not in college, dude. 101 is not that good. Michigan's running 234, uh, averaging 234 a game. Now, once again, Iowa's only giving up 7-3 on the run. We know that they can, you know, they can definitely, holy crap, 131 through the air, too. Man, Iowa's just really, really bad. Uh, offensively, man. I mean, this. So, what do you think? You think that they can cover the spread, or you think they'll shock Michigan? Um, or it's just it's just a, a cool stat, but not this year because Iowa's not what Iowa normally is. I think that this Michigan team is a better version of Iowa. I mean, they've they've kind of become the same type of school. Yeah. They're going to play good defense and run the shit out of the ball. But, I mean, Iowa's defense, Chris, this year has almost scored as many points as their offense. I mean, it, besides, like, that Nevada blowout. Like, Iowa scored two defensive touchdowns last week. I mean, I, I can't – God, ten and a half. That is that is a lot in Kinnick. But, yeah, I, I, I can't bet an offense that is probably going to struggle to score at all against that Michigan defense. Um, Jesus. You almost never see that big of a spread at Kinnick either. But yeah, I, I know. Have to That's Michigan. why I'm looking at it like, hmm, I'm going to keep my eye on that thing. I would have to take Michigan or Pats just because what, I mean, what have we seen from Iowa? They, they beat up on a Nevada team who probably is a bottom, no lie, a bottom 10 team that are in the ranked 100s. You beat yeah. Rutgers. Okay, cool. They cover the spread, but, Marshall. <laughs> they did. But I mean, <laughs> Iowa State, you lost ten to seven. South Dakota State, you beat them seven to three off two safeties and a field yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so against elite competition, that well, not, for their schedule, right? They've scored a field goal against South Dakota State, and they scored a touchdown against Iowa State. You, you've scored ten points in in a hundred and twenty minutes against two good teams. So how are you going to nestle up a game plan to beat Michigan, who? is, you know, you'd assume in, on a given Saturday better than Iowa State or South Dakota State. Jeez, you've got to take Michigan. You know, I was, you know, the second to last week of the regular season is when Iowa was going to find their offense, damn it. Yeah, it'll start humming then, Chris. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you know what the second to last game is? Minnesota. Okay, anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of the Golden Gophers, uh, you know, statistically speaking, their first three games uh, were joke for opponents. Um, sure. As we know, Colorado about five years ago was pretty good when they actually scheduled it. Obviously, they're not anymore. Um, but they did. Like we say, oh, Michigan State's not a ranked team. Okay, well, they slapped them around. It was 34-0. to zero. So, cool. They're not a great team. Anytime you're on the Big Ten, you go on the road and you dominate somebody. Like you said, they still got some talent on their team. Um, that's a that's a huge huge win, uh, you know, for what they're trying to get accomplished. And the biggest road games, obviously, Wisconsin's a huge road game. But 
That's more in the West. The cross-rival biggest games were, on paper, at Michigan State and at Penn State, and that's about a month away, I believe. Um, but Purdue is, it sounds like the quarterback, you know, this is something to keep an eye on for the point spread. 12 points is a lot to Purdue. 12 points plus 12 right now is a lot to give to a Purdue team that can put up points. But they're, something to keep an eye on is that starting quarterback. Um, if he starts, they are different. Um, they have a solid-ass receiver, and then they just don't have as much depth as they have in the, in the recent past. Um, do you think Purdue can score enough points to keep, you know, to, to sneak under as a plus 12? Because I'm looking at that, and I'm going to keep a, an eye to make sure the quarterback plays. Um, but I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. And, and then I, right below it, if you're looking on ESPN, Texas Tech on the road at Kansas State, eight points. Are we ready to say plus, minus eight uh, to Kansas State at home against a team that can score? Um, I feel that whenever Purdue plays Minnesota, the games normally are just closer. Um, last year they yeah. had that crazy, they, they had the crazy, um, pass interference, uh, no call or call. They had, they, the game came down to literally a, a ref call. Um, and again, Jeff Brom, I know that he's been maybe making some poor decisions in late games this year and produced two and two. They could be four and oh. Um, but the games are close. And he, he's a very good schemer. Again, that you can maybe say he's been a, a poor late game coach this year, but that's a Purdue squad. They, they're just a gritty bunch. It's, it's kind of feels they've been that way for a long time now, but this is also the best Gophers team that they've had in a very long time. And again, they, what they did to Michigan state was a, a very good showcase of this team. So um, I rode with them last week. I'm going to do it again. Um, I think that they are maybe a notch above, but yeah, that I, I think the Gophers win. But you're you're you know you're looking for that classic like you know last second cover Gophers up seventeen Purdue touchdown right. minutes ago Gophers win by ten so the spread stay away from but I think your Gophers keep rolling and have a nice win but that that that's a solid point spread and the way Purdue plays I would be nervous to bet the Gophers. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to take a flyer out on that puppy. That thing. The crazy thing is, Marshall, it opened at ten. It's like, damn, okay, it yeah. opened at 10 and it's 12 already? That's where I'm like, well, hold on, let me let me see if I can get some more points. You know, Let, sure. Let's wait <laughs> off a little bit. But I don't think it's going to go much higher than 12. That's just me thinking. Now, are we ready sure. to give Kansas State eight points at home against Texas Tech? Are, are we 100% ready to do that? And then, to double it up because we got to get going here, Utah at home, I see them winning. But by well, it's it's actually minus a ten and a half now. It was eleven, but Oregon State, it's like, huh, really? So they're just, it just seems like those are wide spreads to me. They're not wide, but ones where you go, huh? I think they, you know, the the underdog can sneak under and cover. So for a couple of our podcasts this week, if you all have listened, um, I've given out picks based on teams coming off a high emotional win. Um, rarely. Do you have two teams come off both high emotional wins? K-State upset Oklahoma and Texas Tech upset Texas. That normally, that kind of just throws a little wrench in my theory because normally a, a team will have a letdown. But if both teams have a letdown or both teams stay high, it's really hard to predict it. So this is a goofy situation, Chris, because you normally don't see the scheduling gods normally don't let this occur. So I, I, 
I guess I would simply favor the home team. Uh, sure. I mean, and, and Kansas State has had kind of OU's number. I know it was considered an upset by 14 points, but that that was uh, maybe a miss by Vegas. And Texas Tech, obviously, you got to travel to K State, and you did beat Texas, which probably was a maybe. I mean, God, this is one stuff. Um, I would take K State just because I think they're a better team. They have uh, Deuce Vaughn, which is one of the better running backs in the country. Um, and I, I think they have less of a chance for a letdown after beating OU, as crazy as that sounds, than Texas does after beating Texas. And they got and the so, slow-mo offense back, too. You see how yeah. patient that running back is, dude? Just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And when you're looking at it from the naked eye, you're like, what are you doing, dude? You know? Like, I had, I heard a couple people at the bar going, dude, what is he doing? I'm like, dude, this is their offense, man. Calm down. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'll take K-State with the eight. I, I can't take, yeah, it, yeah, I'll take K-State Wildcats. All right. Any other items? Let's, uh, otherwise we should, uh, we should get to the crafty, crappy pick of the week that we are three and one. And, oh, and, oh, and as you said for Utah, I, I can never not oh, yeah. take Utah. I, I can never not take Utah at home. That team at home is, is a beast of a program. And I feel Oregon State, the way I, the way it played against USC is kind of trying to build a program like Utah, a very tough defensive team, and just yeah. But I I, I can't ever fade Utah at home on this show. They're they're too solid of a team. And what I was I agree, but that spread is like mm, I took it plus eleven last night. I said screw it, I'm taking it. Okay, fair enough. I, but I, I like I can't Utah to that. win for sure. Yeah. And then just for fun ones to wrap this up, uh, Iowa State goes to Kansas. Whoever thought that Kansas would be undefeated. And LSU goes to Auburn, which normally is a much high-profile game to talk about. Uh, and Auburn somehow three and one, despite being an awful team. So those would be games to look at too if you're find an angle of some lesser talented. Teams. Iowa State favored. Do you like that? Uh, Do you like? Are you going to take that? Uh, I mean, can Kansas uh, yeah, keep it up? I, I, they're going to be pissed gotta, that they're not ranked. Yeah, I, I, I would keep taking that team's got to be right on such. Well, uh, again, it goes. Uh, yeah, I would take Kansas. Take Kansas until they lose one. Uh, yeah, go. that 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 team and and LSU, wow, is minus nine in Auburn. Holy cow, that is yeah. that that is that, that I'm am at a loss for words because LSU has not shown as much this year, and Auburn is complete an abomination on offense. Holy shit, Jesus. yeah, they're I, really stay, bad. Stay away. Stay Just away imagine from that though, game. we'd have like nine rank versus rank <laughs> if it was like normal. You know what I mean? Even Iowa yes. Michigan is usually ranked versus ranked. Uh, but yeah, it it just tells you, you know, when you have that many, you know, interesting matchups and interesting point spreads, rank versus rank, the layers underneath it, the games flying under the radar, the against the spread stuff. There's plenty of options uh, from you know from in the early in the morning till late at night. All right, let's get yes, to sir. it. Okay. Um, again, thank you, Mexico State. Those boys cashed easy. Um, this week we're traveling to the MAC. Um, the MAC has become a, a constant home on the crafty craft pick of the week throughout the years just because it is, it, it is the MAC. Um, we have a 2.30 kickoff. This game is on ESPN+. Plus. It's on it's at the Infocision Stadium. It kind of sounds like an eye surgery place. I'm not sure. Infocision, eye surgery, LASIK, uh, U. Um, Akron, Ohio. Akron has been one of the worst football teams for the past three years in the whole country. And they're <laughs> playing the Bowling Green Falcons. Who this year? 
If you look at a box score, Jeez it is Christ. not it it is not sexy. It it is pretty bad. So Chris, the Bowling Green Falcons are a bad team. They're going to play a team who's also very bad in the Akron Zips. I'm going to let you break this beautiful matchup down as I pull up the alumni battle. Take it away, my friend. This is not the worst one of the year because we've already had the worst one of the year, but this is a decent, probably an 8 out of 10 for a crafty crap pick of the week matchup. They still got to get lower, vivid seats. I know this inflation counts for everything, but 22 bucks, I still think, uh, is a little high. But, um, get, get, I you mean, get free hot dogs and nachos if you get with the ticket. Okay, that's different. That's different. And like a poster or something? Signed, something signed by Akron quarterback, right? By by uh, LeBron, something about with LeBron yeah. and Akron. Yep. Okay, so um, this is a bad matchup, no doubt about it. You know, on paper you think, okay, well, one team's given up forty. That's that's LeBron's team, Akron, thirty nine point eight. They're giving up a game, but no, Bowling Green says hold my beer or Gatorade, I guess. They're giving up forty five. A freaking contest, but they score 29, and Akron is scoring 12 points a game, and they're rushing basically 52 a game rushing yards. That's horrendous. So they're giving up 211 on the ground and only producing 52 points or 52. Uh, they wish that uh, the rushing yards. That that's nuts. But they can they can sling it. And here is this is why you know it's actually not as like you said as shitty as it can be, because they grinded against Liberty on the road 21-12. They played Michigan State and Tennessee. They got their ass kicked, but usually those are the ones that you go, okay, well, hold on. The problem is freaking, like, Marshall goes and loses the next week after beating Notre Dame in overtime. So I, I just don't know what the hell. They both played big-time matchups. You know, it is tough. It was tough last week to, to pick an 0-4 team that's one of the worst teams to win. It was tough. You know what I mean? It took some balls. Um, Akron is a, a seven-point underdog at home. I mean, this is this is actually a tough one. I'm going under 51.5. Uh, I'm going under. Um, <laughs> but uh, – Ah, man, just because Bowling Green has that confidence of beating Marshall after, after, and they, and they did take on UCLA and the Mississippi State, those are, that's not Tennessee, but then again, it wasn't, it was 63 to 6 in that. So I'm going to go, I've been going home, I've been milking the home run. The only one, I think home every game I've done because, uh, South Alabama was on the road. So I'm going to switch it up and Bowling Green just based off them beating the Gophers last year, they still have that confidence in them. So the Bowling Green Falcons are going to get the job done in the the hometown of King James, Akron. I got Bowling Green to get the dub, sir. Um, this may be the worst alumni battle of all time. I'm not lying to you, Chris. We've done this for three years now. Um, the two famous alumni names I recognize from Akron, are Charlie Fry, who was an NFL quarterback. I'm aware that that's all I got. And uh, Chris Bassett, who is a current New York Mets pitcher, who's probably a top 50-ish pitcher in baseball. Okay? That's Akron. Uh, Bowling Green 
is also struggling quite a bit in famous alumni. I'm not sure how they afford their tuition checks uh, throughout the years, but I have to give it to Bowling Green because Doc Emmerich, who was probably the best hockey announcer of all time, maybe one of the top five announcers of all time to ever call sports. I just love that guy. He seemed like a, a pure class guy on and off the ice. Um, when he called playoff hockey, like I, me and my dad would watch. We, we wouldn't turn a game off when he called it. He just retired last year. So I'm giving it to Bowling Green alumni for Doc Emmerich, one of the goats of announcing uh, in the worst alumni battle of all time. That was really sad. <laughs> so <laughs> on that note, Chris, I'll be back next week. Matt, we've been spoiled. We, we I feel like we've had two weeks yeah. of college just, football madness. So you can tell how long get, the podcast is going. I mean, yeah, I, it's just we, so much stuff to talk about. And, and, and the matchup the matchups this week maybe the best matchups of of any week we've had this year. I mean, on so, paper it is. Let's see what happens on the field. Yes, but on paper, in theory, it is. yeah, this should be the best week of our year so far. So we'll be back next week with a lot of fun to talk about. I'll be in Vegas the following week. So who hey. on that? Well, yeah, amen. And we'll we'll we'll, we'll be we'll be we'll be ca- uh, cashing and well, our our our, mo- our money will talk where our mouth say. Okay. So on that note, uh, the boys are out. I hope you have a great one. Enjoy football this whole week. We have a lot of fun games to talk about, and we'll be back Monday night. Boys are out. Peace.